Good morning and a very warm welcome to Drung Parish Church this morning for our diocesan service. Uh, my name is Nick Jones and I'm the rector of the Drung Group of Parishes, which includes Bally Hayes and Lara, Lavi, Drung and Kelota. And you're very well, warmly welcome here this morning to Drung Parish Church. We'll be following Order 2 in the Book of Common Prayer and our opening hymn is based on some wonderful words from Psalm 103 which tell us many of the benefits, they give us many reasons to praise God. The hymn tells us, we're ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Number 366, praise my soul, the King of heaven. We've just sung of our God who's a forgiving God. It's great news he's a forgiving God. It makes it easier for us to return to him and say sorry. And we're going to do that now using the words of the confession on page 102 in the prayer book. To return to him and say sorry for the times we've not gone his way. So together we pray. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past 
and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Well, Psalm 103 tells us, As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. They're wonderful words that tell us of complete forgiveness through our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died for us so we can be forgiven, and so I can pray with confidence. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. On page 103. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Praise, praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. We're going to praise the Lord's name with the words of the Jubilati on page 104 of the prayer book, Psalm 100. I'm going to read up to the red square, and then please do uh, join in the response. O shout to the Lord in triumph all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his face with songs of joy. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Come into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and bless his holy name. For the Lord is good, his loving mercy is forever. His faithfulness throughout all generations. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Well, Dorothy is now going to bring our first Bible reading for us this morning. Thank you, Dorothy. Our first reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, thank you very much, Dorothy, for reading that for us uh, this morning. Uh, some wonderful words that Reverend Cameron Jones will be speaking on a little bit later in the service. Um, but we're going to just hear a little bit from uh, Reverend Cameron Jones. I interviewed him earlier in the week and asked him a few questions so you can get to know him before he speaks to us. 
So uh, let me uh, hand over to, to the interview um, and then uh, Dorothy will bring our gospel reading after that. Hello, I'm uh, here with Cameron Jones, Reverend Cameron Jones. Uh, hi, Cameron. Hi there. Hi, it's great to be with you uh, today. Um, we're doing a little series in our diocese uh, on mission, uh, following on from Pentecost. And uh, so it's great to welcome you. Where are you from, Cameron? Uh, originally from Sydney, Australia. And uh, we're, we're, there you are, you're an Australian, I'm, I'm uh, from England. Mission is from everywhere to everywhere. Here we are both in, in Ireland. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what farming is like in, in Australia? Because we're in a big farming area here. What, what's it like farming in Australia? Well, I can't tell you very much from personal experience because I'm a city boy, but I can tell you that it is on a quite different scale. Australia is a huge place and the farms are huge and the flocks are huge. So uh, it's a different scale and it's very big. Yes, yeah. You were telling me earlier that, that, that you, they use helicopters to get the sheep in or something, is that right? Exactly right. They uh, use helicopters and then quad bikes when they get them a bit, bit closer. So yes, it's, a, it's, it's quite a different practice. Very good. And um, what are you doing here in Ireland? Uh, my, uh, my work is to tell people about Jesus. Actually, that was my work beforehand anyway. That's the job of every Christian. But now I do it full time and uh, I have uh, been ordained in the Church of Ireland. And uh, that's my job now to tell people about Jesus. So that's what I do here. Very good. Uh, why, why Ireland? I mean, you're, you're from Australia. Uh, why, why, why not stay in Australia or go to Africa or, you know, why, why come here? Yeah, that's a great question. I get asked it quite a lot because most people think that uh, mission workers uh, go to places where uh, people have a different colour skin. And so sometimes that's difficult to explain to people. The truth is that people in Ireland, just as much as anywhere else, need to hear about Jesus. And in fact, you're just as likely to bump into someone who really knows and believes the message of Jesus in Dublin as you are on the streets of Phnom Penh in Cambodia. Wow. Okay. So uh, there was a, a need in Dublin that persuaded you that, that you should come here to, to Ireland. Uh, of course, there are people from all nations in, in Dublin as well. Uh, I think uh, many different nationalities there. Uh, so a wonderful place to be. What what are you going to be doing in Dublin? What's the plan there? Yeah, I'm going to be working with Irish Church Missions. So having been trained at the Church of Ireland Theological Institute and been ordained as a Church of Ireland minister and done my curacy, I was invited by Irish Church Missions, which is a 170-year-old mission organisation whose job is to bring the gospel to areas of Ireland that may not have a, had a much of a church witness or a witness there before. And so Alex, my wife and I, our job is to reach out to those workers in the Silicon Docks area of Dublin, mainly through midweek uh, ministry, helping people who are already Christians be good workers in their context and in their environment, and also helping them to speak about Jesus to their colleagues. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Uh, and as you plan to, to do that, how can we be praying for you? Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Uh, the first thing, I guess, is that we are able to move down to Dublin. Uh, we've been caught in this COVID thing. We've sold our house and bought a new house, so we sell 
sold our house in Belfast, bought a house in Dublin, and then the lockdown started. Mm -hmm. And so we're in temporary accommodation that was only supposed to be for a couple of months, and uh, now it's been about eight months, and we're itching to get down. So pray that that goes well. That's the first thing. And also pray that we'll make a really good start being really Jesus-focused in the work that we're beginning, which is a work that's starting pretty much from scratch. No one's done that work in that area before. Okay. Well, let's uh, pray now for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for Cameron and Alex for bringing them to know you and for bringing them here to Ireland. We pray that you would open the door for them to move to Dublin soon, and we pray that you would um, open the door for ministry in Dublin. We ask um, that you would use them to help people to live for Jesus in their workplaces and share the good news of Jesus with their colleagues, that many in that area may come to know you uh, through their labor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Cameron, for joining us today. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is, harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much, Dorothy, for reading for us again. We're going to affirm our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. So together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again and descended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to sing again now before Cameron comes to speak to us. We're going to sing a great hymn, number 634, Love Divine, that marvels at that incredible love that we heard about in our reading from Romans, that love that means we can have peace with God, joy of heaven to earth come down. And after we've sung, Reverend Cameron will uh, come to explain God's word to us.
Romans 5. What does it mean to be an authentic Christian? What does it mean to be authentically Church of Ireland or Anglican? What is the Book of Common Prayer trying to do? And what is the Bible all about? I'm so glad I get a chance to preach today on this passage of Romans 5 because it answers those questions for us. It focuses upon what God did for us when Jesus died on the cross. It'll be really helpful if you have your Bible open so you can check what I'm saying is true. Because the sermon is not about what Cameron says. It's all about what God's Word says, what the Bible says. And of course, you know that is the basis of the Church of Ireland. To help us understand this passage, it's important to have a look at the last verse of the previous chapter. Jesus was delivered over to, our, over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Romans 5 verses 1 to 11 builds on that foundation and it fills out the consequences of the miracle that is authentic Christianity. It talks about peace in the present, about God's love in the past and about our confidence in the future. In the present, there's peace. Verses 1 to 4, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The first consequence of being declared by God to be a righteous person is that we have peace with God. That's present tense. The war is over, hostilities have ceased. What is the basis and the nature for our peace with God? Well, follow this with me in verse 1. Since we have been justified through faith. That phrase, justified through faith, is a shorthand for declared right with God by trusting Jesus Christ and his death in my place. Trusting, depending on what Jesus has done. That is faith. And by trusting him and what he has done for me, I am justified. God regards me as being in a perfect right relationship with him. This being justified through faith is the only basis for this peace with God. Now, this peace is nothing to do with whether we feel at peace with God. Wouldn't it be awful to feel at peace with God while not actually being at peace with God? No, authentic peace with God comes in only one way, by being justified through faith, right through trusting. Of course, it's not about how much trust we can work up in ourselves. I mean, if a chair is broken, it won't matter how much you trust in it, it will collapse. What matters is not how much trust you have, but whether the chair is trustworthy, whether it is depend-able, whether it is faithful. A relationship with God is not about how much faith you have. It's about the one in whom you put your faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not get peace with God by meditation exercises or by relaxing or by becoming one with nature or with yourself or trying to find God within you or appreciating beauty, or architecture, or music, or even having your name on a parish register. No, if you want peace with God, you depend on Jesus Christ. He is faithful. He is depend-able. He is trustworthy. This trust in Jesus grants us access. Verse 2 into his grace in which we now stand. When we trust God, his attitude toward us becomes one of kindness. That is what the Bible here calls his grace. 
The Christian's peace with God isn't just the absence of his hostility towards us. No, it is the positive presence of our standing in God's grace, his favour, his kindness towards us. That is what an authentic Church of Ireland stands for. Because the Church of Ireland is simply a way of telling people this message of the peace of God that is through trusting Jesus and growing deeper into that trust in Jesus who died for us. That is why Alex, my wife and I are doing what we are doing with Irish Church Missions, which is the Church of Ireland pioneering mission organisation for the people of Ireland. We do it because people need to hear about Jesus so that they can trust in him. For without him, they are still at war with God. Now, this peace with God in the present has wonderful consequences. Look at verse 2. And we rejoice, we who have peace with God, in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. You see, an authentic Christian who knows peace with God finds it makes a wonderful difference to every bit of life. Did you hear it? Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Earlier, Paul had said, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But now, because I trust in Jesus and his death for me, I know that the day will come when I will be with God in his glory. And that means in the present, we Christians can rejoice. That word means boast in the strangest of situations, in our sufferings. You see, authentic Christianity does not in any way release a person from experiencing hard times. We're not more immune to coronavirus or cancer or poverty. But authentic Christianity transforms our view of suffering because a Christian can see something of a purpose in suffering. Verse 3, suffering produces perseverance. It is when things are hard that we learn to trust God and you learn to persevere, to stick it out. And perseverance produces something too. Look at the end of verse 4. Character. This means provenness. If you meet a Christian who has suffered, you will meet a person of deep Christian character, tested and found true. And this in turn produces hope. Not superficial optimism, but a confident expectation of God's glory. How can someone have that? What is the source of such confidence? Verse 5. And this hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. Authentic Christian hope will never let us down. Why? Well, because the love of God has been poured into our hearts. How? By the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. Well, how is the love of God poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit? Well, it's because of what has already happened. It's because of God's love for us in the past. And that's what verse 6 and following are about. You see, the past matters. It matters because the love of God that has been poured into our hearts is not some kind of a passing emotion. 
I don't mean that it won't have any emotional impact. I don't think you can see God's love and remain unaffected or unmoved. But the love of God that has been poured into our hearts is an action of God in history. It is something that God has done for us in the past. Who has it taken place for? Verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless. Later in the same sentence, we see another term used to describe us, ungodly. The love of God is for people like that, powerless and ungodly. The love of God is seen in this, verse 6, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. This is the consistent teaching of the whole of the New Testament. This is what Thomas Cramer worked so hard to capture in the Book of Common Prayer. That is the greatest understanding of our lives. That is to recognise that this is what we are like. Weak, ungodly, sinful. And that Christ died on the cross for people like that. For a weak, ungodly, sin-filled person like me. For a weak, ungodly, sin-filled person like you. Just stop and think about this. Verse 7. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. Someone laying down their life for another is an extraordinary thing. It just doesn't happen very often, or very rarely anyway. And when it does happen, the person laying down their life will usually do so because there is something valuable or attractive about the other person, something worthwhile about them. A parent might lay down their life for a child or a husband for their wife or a good friend for a good friend. But that's not what happened when Jesus laid down his life on the cross for you and for me. Verse 8 sums it up, and it really is quite incredible. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you want to know whether God loves you today? Then all you need to do is look at what God did for you on the cross in the death of Jesus. Our peace with God in the present and all the things that flow from that is entirely grounded in the love of God in the past. God declares the Christian person righteous. He justifies them, not because of what the Christian does, but because of what Jesus does. Like if I was in negative equity, and even if I sold everything I owned, I could not pay back the bank. But someone else paid it in full for me. Means in the present, I now owe the bank nothing because of what someone did in the past for me. The perfectly sinless Jesus pays off the debt of my sin that I owe. His obedience is counted as my obedience. The debt I owe to God is death, and Jesus pays my debt with his death. He died for me in my place. And this justification, this declaration of rightness, this peace with God in the present, won by Jesus in the past, on the cross, has some implications for the future. Verses 9 to 11. What does the future hold for the authentic Christian? Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? 
For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Now, the key word in this paragraph is the word saved, salvation, rescue. Do you see that the way is is speaking about the future? It talks about how shall we be saved? We have peace with God in the present because of what Jesus did for us in the past And since we have been justified by his blood, that's the past tense, his death on the cross. And if he has done that for us in the past, what does it mean for our future? How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? Back to that negative equity illustration. If someone's paid off your mortgage for you, what will happen on the date that the bank has on its paperwork that everything needs to be paid back? Nothing. Because you owe nothing. There's nothing more to pay. No demand, no threat, nothing. Because of that event in the past, that generous payment of your debt, you have no debt outstanding in the present and therefore nothing to fear for the future. Now, have you grasped the wonder of that? Have you experienced having an honestly, completely clear conscience before God so that you have no fear of the future? Friends, if I allow myself to think honestly about the things I have done, I find things I'm ashamed of. Now, you recognise that too, don't you? The things that you are glad that no one else knows about? The wonder of this message of authentic Christianity is that the day will come when you and when I stand before God himself, the one who knows everything, And we're going to stand there before him. And if you are justified, if you have peace with God by trusting in Jesus' death for you, then you and I and all who believe will be welcomed into God's eternal kingdom. That is what has been achieved by the love of God poured into our hearts when we believe. When that is real for you, the past and the present and the future look entirely different. If that is true, what Alex and I are doing with Irish Church Missions is not insane. Giving up a well-paying job in Australia, training for ministry in the Church of Ireland, being ordained by the Church of Ireland, completing a curacy, and then saying no to being a rector with a stipend and a rectory and a congregation and a building, and saying yes to this work we now have. Building a new midweek ministry for workers in Dublin's Silicon Docks. Yes, we have to buy our own house in Dublin. We have to raise our own income. There's no building, but that's okay because Alex and I are the only members of the ministry so far. I mean, that's insane, isn't it? Unless there is a message people desperately need to hear. That in the past, Jesus died so that in the present people could be at peace with God and in the future saved from his judgment. If that's true, then it makes perfect sense to do everything we can to tell people about it, doesn't it? Because in the present, we rejoice. Because in the past, God expressed his love in Jesus on the cross. And in the future, we have a sure and certain hope of eternal life. Well, thank you very much, Cameron, for uh, preaching for us. 
this morning. Uh, wonderful words. Thank you. Um, it is an amazing truth, isn't it, from Romans 5. If we trust in Jesus, we have peace with God. And so we can talk to God, even calling him Father. And we're going to do that now as we join together in prayer. I'm going to lead us in the Lord's Prayer and the responses. And then Dahi Green, who's our ministry trainee in the Drum Group of Parishes, is going to lead us in the remainder of our intercessions. So let us bow our heads and pray. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord. And grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide and defend our rulers. And grant our government wisdom. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness. And let your servants shout for joy. O Lord, save your people. And bless those whom you have chosen. Give peace in our time, O Lord. And let your glory be over all the earth. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And renew us by your Holy Spirit. Good morning. Would you please join with me in prayer? Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we pray for our land of Ireland. We give you thanks for Ireland and for what a wonderful part of your creation that it is. Lord, we recognise that this is a land that has largely lost the knowledge of the hope of Jesus Christ. There are many in this land who do not know your name, and there are many living in rebellion against the King Jesus. Please, Lord, in your mercy and in your power, make your name known to the people walking in darkness. Let your light shine again throughout this island. And Lord, please renew those in your church who do call on your name in this land. Please correct what is amiss and supply what is lacking, that we may more and more bring forth fruit to your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we pray for the Irish church missions and the work that you've called them to. Lord, we pray for continued wisdom for those that you have set to lead this mission group, and we ask that you continue to provide all that is needed for their ministry. We pray that you bless each of the churches, Emmanuel Church, City Church, and the Iranian Church Ministry, and we pray that you uphold them in their witness of the gospel in Dublin City. And Lord, we thank you for the vision and ambition for the future that Irish Church Missions have to evangelise more churches into existence over the coming years. And Lord, we trust these plans into your sovereign hands. And we pray that you would work and provide the growth to bring new church communities into existence that proclaim your name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In particular, this morning, we pray for Cameron and Alex Jones and the work that you've called them to in Dublin Docklands. Lord, we thank you for how you've been at work in their lives over the past year as they've made good contacts with people here in Ireland and abroad, and as you've provided them with a house from which they can base their new lives and their new ministry. Lord, we pray that 
they would settle well into their new home and that they would use this resource well. We pray for the contacts and relationships that they continue to build, that you would put the right people in their lives and that people would be receptive and encouraging of their work here in Ireland. And Lord, we especially pray for the people that Cameron and Alex are seeking to minister to in Dublin Docklands. We pray that you would be at work in their hearts, in the hearts of those people who live and work in that busy area of the city. We pray that you would open their hearts and challenge their hearts of the reality and the truth of your gospel. And we pray that you would bring many in that area of Dublin to call on the name of Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for our own diocese of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. Uh, we thank you that our parishes have been able to continue uh, the ministry of proclaiming the good news, even online, even during this difficult lockdown time. And Lord, we pray for those amongst us uh, who are suffering uh, from bereavement and isolation brought on by this virus, that they would know your nearness with them at this time. And Lord, we thank you for calling us into your family, for bringing us from death into life as we take refuge in you. And we pray that your word would go forth throughout our diocese, that it may take root and bring forth fruit to your glory. We pray that you would arouse the careless amongst us, humble the self-righteous, soften the hardened, encourage the fearful, relieve the doubting, bring many souls in loving faith and surrender to yourself and visit us with your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And the collect for this Sunday. God, the strength of all those who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature, we can do no good thing without you, grant us the help of your grace, that in the keeping of your commandments, we may please you both in will and deed. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And the Collect for Morning Prayer. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life, and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your protection, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, thank you very much, Dahi, for leading us in our prayers this morning. We're very blessed to have Dahi serving us in this group as a ministry trainee. And considering ministry in the Church of Ireland longer term, our Gospel reading told us that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So please do pray for Dahi and others considering full-time service in the Church of Ireland and in other Gospel ministry as well. Our final hymn is a great mission hymn, Go Forth and Tell, number 478 in uh, the hymnal. It is incredible, isn't it, that we can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because of what he's done. And it's a message that the world needs to hear. So let us sing with confidence and encourage each other. Go forth and tell, O Church of God awake, God's saving news to all the nations take.
Well, thank you for joining with us this morning for our service of morning prayer from Drung Parish for our diocesan service. Let us close our service with the words of the grace. Together we pray. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen.